Welcome back to the Turnbuckle Tavern and another edition of our Visits to the Tavern live from No Sales Studios. I'm the ace of the Tavern, Ace Field Retro, and I'm joined today by nobody's better than Michael Mastretta. What's up, man? Thank you for having me, Ace Field. Pleasure to be here. Dude, it is so great to have you on here. We've met a few times, we worked a few shows together, and I can't wait to get into it. Sounds good. Uh, so let's start off with the year you've been having. I have the honor of talking to you today with about four months into the year. Uh, what are a few things you'd like to say about 2023 in and out of the ring as we approach this halfway mark? So uh, the year so far has been pretty rewarding. Um, between MIWC and CCW being uh, most of my bookings, I've been able to do a lot of cool stuff this year in just those two promotions. For MYWC, I retired my original trainer, Blake, uh, Blake Morris, uh, back in January. I got to wrestle at Psycho Circus in a singles match for the MYWC championship. I lost, but it was a good way to lose the belt after the reign that I had. Um, I was very happy with the entire reign, the storyline, and how it went. So there's no shame in that. And now we're looking forward to Master of the Mat. I just won the Master of the Mat qualifier last month at aftermath and we got april rain in two weeks where it's me alex coglin tracy williams and christian nunez in master of the mat i am very much looking forward to that match and as far as ccw goes um just working there has helped me improve immensely uh they have me wrestle babyface down there it's really the only place i wrestled babyface in the past five years um, but I still keep the aggression and, and a lot of like those heel tendencies. I'm almost kind of tweener. So it's a really good learning experience. Everybody down there is great. Uh, we got best of the best coming up in May. I'll be on that show. I'm not in the tournament, but I will have a match on the show. And yeah, th those two promotions are keeping me busy. So let's talk about your latest run as MYWC champion. You mentioned it. Uh, you became a three-time champion back on 625 by defeating Jaden Vallow at Go in the Distance. I mean, let's name the guys you defended against during your 245 days as champ. A very memorable run. You mentioned Blake Morris, but also Papa Don, King Mega, Polyon, and more. I mean, it culminated at NYWC's biggest event, biggest stage, Psycho Circus. You had that stoic entrance. Just felt like a main event level match between you and Big O. You went out fighting. But what did this title reign as the man feel like to you? Cause you had two other reigns, but this was clearly the, the biggest reign you've had 245 days is significantly bigger than the one you've had. Yeah. I didn't expect to have three reigns. I'm, I'm a three time champ. That's tied for the record. Now uh, the first one obviously lost the same night that I won to Cardona. Great experience. When I beat Cardona again, I didn't know that I was going to lose it so quickly again. Um, that was kind of threw me off for the loop, but, I got it back the third time, and that's where the rain really started. And I had some of my best matches in that rain. I look at that match with Papa Don as my probably my best singles match of 2022. Um, and me and Mega, I would say, is a close second as well. Just that entire rain uh, was just great matches. I got to work with the past of that company, the people who helped me since day one. Just awesome, awesome stuff. And then you go to the circus this year where I lost it. I actually was sick. I had a one-on-one fever that morning. I showed up just before doors and uh, I don't know how I got through it, but I did. And everybody was very appreciative. Um, 
just working that match. It, it came out a lot better than I thought going into it just because of the conditions and everything. And I, I was very happy with it. You know, sometimes um, losing in style, if, if you could pull that off, some of my favorite matches are matches where I lost my championship. I would actually say two of my most favorite matches ever would be me versus uh, Johnny Radke back when we just reopened after the pandemic where I lost the Fusion title. And uh, last year's Master of the Mat where I lost the MIWC title to Jaden, probably two of my top five, if not probably the top two favorite matches that I've ever had. Yeah. And you mentioned MIWC and go back to 2015 when you trained under the watchful eye of you mentioned Blake Morris, but also Bull James, Tony Neese, and correct me if I'm wrong, also Stockade. Yes. Uh, but touch a little bit on your initial days of training with MIWC, believe it or not, eight years ago at this point. And how did they originally catch your eye? Um, I think it just came down to that was the closest to my house. I didn't have my driver's license yet when I started. Um, so that was the one my parents were willing to drive me to because I did look at Creator Pro. I'm not going to lie, but I'm happy with where I am and the choice that I made because the people that I've met have been great. Between Blake and Bull and Stockade and Nice, I've learned so many different things. I got a little bit from everybody, some more from certain people, but just uh, the variety and even other people like Papa Don, like King Mega, all these guys coming down on their off time to kind of help with that next crop of talent. Uh, really a lot you could learn from it. Now I look, you know, here we are eight years in the future. I'm a co-trainer with Mike Mondo. We each have our own separate days. So I get to work alongside him and pass along the knowledge that I have. It's just awesome. I'm getting better and better every day by being a trainer because I'm working with people less experienced with me and I'm, I'm seeing what kind of they need to work on is reminding me of what I've done and you kind of re reiterate it to them. And then you're like, Oh, you know, maybe I need to work on this myself and stuff and like that. So, and it gives you that opportunity to kind of lead and guide. And, and that makes you better. I always say that um, the two ways to get better are to work with somebody who's better than you and to work with somebody who's a lot less experienced than you, because if you work with somebody better with you, uh, better than you, you kind of learn from them and you learn new things. And um, if you work with someone who is, um, very much not as experienced as you you tend to kind of pick up a lot of uh extra skills and extra techniques that make you a better worker so you mentioned mywc is i mean we can all see in long island at large is like a hub of creating mega stars we don't have to go through the list but the resume speaks for itself we mentioned some of them you defended against in this title reign as a trainer now, you know, running your sessions, is there a weight of that legacy when you are under that banner, a, a pressure, a, like a good type of pressure? I definitely want to, you know, like I look at the past trainers, even trainers from before my time, like Mikey Whipwreck was the original. Um, and, you know, he comes around at Circus and some of the other big shows. But I never really got to learn from him. He taught Nice and, and Stockade and, and those guys that taught me. So it's kind of like going down the tree. But yeah, I look I look at like the wall. We have a wall inside the locker room. We have the Hall of Fame wall and all those guys. And I want to be up on that wall. I want to be up on that Hall of Fame one day. So I want to, you know, and I don't want it to be one of those things where it's like, oh, he won all these belts. Like, let's just throw him in. I want it to be like a respected thing. Yeah, 100%. And like, I, you know, the Hall of Fame, if you guys have not been to the Deer Park Sportatorium, you should check it out. Go to the, the next show, as we mentioned, Master of the Mat. But 
you know, check out the wall. It's, it's, it's an honorable thing. The hall of fame is a great thing. And I truly believe Michael, you'll be up there very, very soon. I, I truly believe that with what you've given to not only in the ring, but also what you're giving out of the ring too. It just speaks volumes to NYWC and its legacy. Thank you. Uh, so your moniker is nobody's better. And I know that it, it does go with your name. It rhymes, but what else was the influence for that? Uh, was it something you just liked the sound of, or did someone give you that idea? Um, I think it kind of ran in the family before I was even ever born. Something that my mom might have came up with. Um, and then, yeah, I just, you know, they always say, like, have a catchphrase, have something you can kind of glue to. And when I changed my character from the gangster training, which they gave me to start off with, you know, it was a great learning experience. But I knew as soon as I got the option and was ready, I was going to switch it up. And I thought to use my real name just because I like the way it sounded, like the double M and just... You know, I, I like the realism of wrestling, catch wrestling, shoot wrestling, striking, keeping it as realistic as possible. So that's why I, you know, as long as I have the option and as an independent wrestler, I do have the option. I want to use my real name. Um, and then it just rhymed. It was there. It was already part of the family. I know it's been used across by like Chris Canyon. And uh, I think Brian Cage says something very similar, but uh it's one of those things where I don't feel like I'm copying at all. Um, and I feel like I've kind of made it my own. Nobody ever really accuses me of being unoriginal or anything. Um, although it has kind of run its course, I feel. I do have um, my eyes set on kind of changing things up in the near future as far as appearance and stuff like that. But I won't get too far into that. He's going to have to kind of wait and see. Sounds good to me, but let's get into the beginning of your love for pro wrestling. Do you recall a specific moment that you fell in love with pro wrestling and said, Hey, I know I can do this professionally. Uh, and what was something that made you feel like as a lifelong fan, you can have this attainable goal. So I think discovering wrestling was, uh, I got the PS2 and my dad would just decided to go out and get a bunch of games off the clearance rack just for me to try. And he got SVR 06. And I remember playing it with him and we weren't even, we were actually playing the loading screen. I think we didn't even realize because they would have matches on the loading screen. <laughs> but uh, after a while, you know, it kind of just sat there. Like I knew what it was. And then like fourth, fifth grade, I started having friends talk about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I have that game. Like, Let's play that game together. It's like, oh, it's on TV. I didn't know it was on TV. I thought it was just a video game. And then they kind of showed it to me. And, like, the, the kid the kid who showed it to me, like, I haven't talked to in, in probably, like, 15 years. Um, he was, like, my elementary school kid, uh, elementary school friend. And then, like, by the time we went up to middle school, high school, like, I never had a class with him. I never talked to him again. So it's pretty crazy. He probably has no idea the influence that he's had on me. It's it's wild, wow. but yeah, it, it always kind of stuck with me. And then it was just so it was just like my escape during, you know, rough times as a child growing up and stuff. So I kind of just always went to it and always depended on it. And I just looked at it and I just wanted to do it, you know. Um, and you kind of saw as like as I was going through high school and getting old enough you know i saw like the daniel bryans and and the nxt guys the smaller crop you know able to go out there and, and put on a show with the big guys so i was like man like i know i have the drive i know i have the willpower so i'm, I'm gonna go do this and i started and now it's crazy like i i look back 
over the past eight years. Um, and I would say the first three are, are an absolute blur, just whole life in general. Like that's when I was like late high school, early college. Like I, I don't even remember like what I was doing. I kind of X'd out all, all the gangster training stuff just because I'm, I really just enjoy what I've done as Michael Mistretta. So I kind of just like eliminate those first three years from my mind. Um, of course, I'll, I'll say I've been in the business for eight years, but in my mind, I kind of just hit my five-year anniversary a couple months ago as the character I am now. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just crazy, man, how how the time has passed and, and we're here eight years in at only 24 years old. It, it feels it's pretty wild. So you mentioned, I mean, realistic guys, and the, I can put the timeline in of who you're some of your favorites growing up, guys like Kurt Angle. You mentioned Brian Danielson. Any other guys that were your favorites growing up that, I mean, listen, you got to pull from somebody as well. So there's some guys that you're like, that is a guy I can relate to. I am a huge Curtis Axel fan. I know that's crazy. It's probably not the answer you were expecting. <laughs> um, it was just like the way they presented him with Heyman, and it was like, like, I was old enough, I was in high school, I was old enough to tell, like, kind of, like, what, like, the, the Mark culture was and the internet culture was. And I could tell that, they're like, like why why this guy? You know, why this guy? Why is he the one with Heyman? What did he ever do? And I was like, nah, like, this this is the guy. This is awesome. His moveset was just, like, like it, it was perfect, man. I know, not to play on his dad or anything, but you look at his dad, Mr. Perfect, everything that he did. Then you look at Curtis Axel, and you kind of compare the two. What I would do when I was um, uh, like studying the business, people tell me to go watch old stuff, right? So that's the one argument I kind of have with like some of the other trainers. Like, go back and, and watch the old stuff. You really learn how to work. And yes, you need to watch the old stuff, but you need to watch the current product too, because you need to see what's working today. So I think the best thing somebody can do is go back and watch something old, and, and then go and immediately watch something new and compare it. So I would go, I would watch a Mr. Perfect match or two, and then I would go and I would watch a Curtis Axel match or two, and you're literally getting the same moveset, the same style, but in modern day. And it just shows you how wrestling has evolved as time goes on. And you, you can do that with anybody. Just think of all those second-generation, third-generation superstars, um, or just even if they're first-generation stars in current day, and you kind of look up what who their influences were, and you go back, you watch their influences, and then you watch them, you kind of just see how how to modernize stuff to fit it to the style of today while still sticking to the old school realism and everything that made wrestling great it's so interesting that he never used the because he could have just leaned on the hennig name but he never did and it took uh i remember as well like it took a lot of courage for him to just step outside of course they did the nexus thing but when he did the curtis axel he easily could have just lauded off his dad's name but he never did that which I love that answer because I did enjoy his run with Paul Heyman as well. And that was a very specific time in my fandom that holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah, I think um, I think that was kind of their choice. Curtis Axel is, is a mix of uh, Larry the Axe and Kurt Henning, his dad. Right. So they, they kind of kept the legacy in there. I know he was Joe Henning um, for a little bit in FCW, I think. But then he became Michael McGillicuddy, which was totally off. So. And I liked McGillicuddy too. I liked, you know, he kind of had like this like hothead streak, you know, if you kind of just got demoted to like superstars and and main event and stuff like that. But I kind of based like my character off of him too, because I kind of like, I don't want to be too over the top of the gimmick, but I like to have like a mean streak, like a kind of like a short temper fuse like he did. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, 
they they did to his name what they had to do to kind of like make it original and make it different, but still hold on to that lineage. And, and I think, um, you know, I think he left a, an impact. Like, I'll still go back and watch his stuff. I know he's not looked at as like, you know, the top guy at his time, but he had a solid IC run. And I, I think he's somebody that you should uh, take a look at. Like I said, if you're trying to learn, go back, watch Mr. Perfect, his dad, and then go watch Curtis Axel and compare the two and just see, see how to evolve wrestling over time. Cause that, that's what the business is always changing. Sometimes it goes back to the old school. Sometimes it becomes so new school. What's old is new again. You just got to always evolve, always adapt. So getting back into NYWC, let's get into the next big show. You mentioned before master master of the mat during the intro live from Deer Park on April 29th. You mentioned your match, but what else can we expect from Michael Mastretta at this show in the quest ultimately to get back to the top of the NYWC mounting? Um, so last year's master of the mat, I did not win. Uh, master of the mat means a lot to me just because of what it is that the 30 minute uh, fatal four way Iron Man style match with uh, two point submissions, one point for pin. It, it's based off of technical wrestling. It, it is technical wrestling. And I remember my first day back in 2015 was a week before Psycho Circus. So that uh, upcoming weekend was Psycho Circus. And Master of the Mat used to be at Psycho Circus, which is absolutely crazy to think about that they did the circus match and Master of the Mat in the same night. I'm I'm so happy they don't do that anymore because that would drive me crazy. That's <laughs> two huge 30-plus minute matches in one night. But Master of the Mat stood out way more to me than the Psycho Circus match. I've actually said no to the Psycho Circus match like three years in a row. Maybe I'll do it one day if, she, if they really want me to do it. But uh, no, I... I always uh, have been pushing to get myself in Master of the Mat. I got to do it last year. It was a lot of fun. I didn't get the win, but th this is the year that I really wanted because it, it means a lot to me. Um, and if you look at, at the names who have won that, too, Tony Nese is, is a three-time winner. Tony Nese is, uh, probably has the biggest influence, me, uh, influence on me as far as people that I've met in the business. Uh, he's somebody who took time out of his day during uh, – when we were out for the pandemic, I would hit him up. I'd send him matches. He'd be like, hey, can you just take like a quick look at this? Give me a little advice. And he's like, I could do more than that. He, he set up a Zoom call, and we would watch it together. And, and for about two hours, we would tear it apart, and we would do it you know, once a month for that entire like full lockdown period um, until probably the time where uh, WWE cut him and he went to AW because he kind of, you know, stuff started opening. He became busy again, but I got to sit down and watch about like five or six of my matches with him. And he totally changed my perspective. And I was just like, I can't wait to get back in there. I can't wait to get back in there. And, and when, you know, everything finally reopened and man, like he, he really changed that for me. And Drew Gulak is, is a past winner too. Even some of the people who didn't win, you know, Reynolds and silver, they've all been in it. Uh, Tracy, who I get to wrestle at this one, has been in some past ones, and it's just, it's just crazy. It's, it's everything I like about wrestling in in one night, and I'm so happy and honored that uh, I have the opportunity to be a part of that match again. So, also at Master Than That, we have the semifinals of the Crusher Dugan Heart and Soul Cup, which is a tag team version this year, and we have. QG, QGTM taking on slime balls and Izzy McKenna uh, taking on uh, and Aiden taking on audacity. So Dickie rods won the inaugural cup back in 2021. Jaden Vallow carried the home of the cup. 
uh, this past year. Losing Crusher back in 2020 was a loss that's, I mean, it's still felt immensely across wrestling. Can you speak to his legacy and what this cup has come to mean and carrying on his memory? Yeah, so I unfortunately did not get to work with him as much as some of the other people did. Um, he would come down to training sometimes, but it just didn't always work out with his schedule. And when I started off and I didn't have my driver's license and stuff, I was only going once a week. So I would I would see him even less if he was down there, uh, but he was kind of just he took a step back. He was out of the role, but he'd always be at the shows. He was always you know very nice, always had advice and stuff like that. He he is big on technical wrestling. He he was really big on everything that I like and the few t- things that I did learn from him stuck with me because it was just a style that I liked. And I know if he was around today, um, I would definitely be picking his brain a lot more now because uh i now appreciate things more the people around me more than i i might have when i first started and just being new and, and and being afraid to speak up at some points but uh as far as the cup goes yeah that was uh that was an idea that management came up with to give us something to do during the pandemic when we were allowed to be open and uh film content but we weren't allowed to have fans yet so we got a group of 30 guys to to run a tournament and i got to work on that production wise a little bit i'm very happy with the way it came out and it was kind of my i don't want to take full credit for it but it was kind of my suggestion my push to make that a part of the main shows every year obviously we can't really do a 30-man tournament in person in, in one night because that would kind of that would kind of be a lot but we kind of agreed to uh make it an eight-man tournament or this year 18 tournament and kind of just, you know, keep that label on it uh, for Crusher. And I know Crusher would be uh, very happy with some of the guys today of, of with what they have become and what they've made of themselves. So we talked about Mastery Matt, the concept, but it's also an important event in your career. You had a match back in 2019 defeating Bull James for your first taste of gold in NYWC, winning that fusing championship. And Man, you would not relinquish this title for a staggering 896 days, which is by far and away the longest reign in the title's 13-year history. Eventually, that run came to an end when when Johnny Radke, a.k.a. Man Bun Jesus, a.k.a. Fifth Gris, uh, you guys came out. You had a few matches in between, but that was probably, in my opinion, one of the more memorable matches uh, during that year. But what do you recall about that historic run over two and a half years as Fusion Champion? Um, I would say that was kind of like my building block. If you kind of look at, you know, the match I had where I won it and the match I had where I lost it. I, I won it from Bull, who at the time was my trainer, was the guy that was kind of, you know, leading me on the way. I needed some guidance, but I was still, like, pushing myself. I wanted that spot. I wanted to be always, you know, I'm a personal trainer, so, and I, I coach kids, too. Be- between that, I've, I've always just liked that teaching role. I like explaining things. I, I like helping people reach their goals and stuff like that. So I would say that that fusion title run was, was a building block because fast forward, you know, two, two years plus uh, a lot changed. And I think if you go look, you know, at the two matches, cause they're, they're both up on YouTube, you could tell bulls leading the match through where I won the title. And not that Radke can't Radke's awesome, but I took the lead on, the uh 
the Fusion Championship match between the two of us. And I usually take the lead as much as I can. Of course, I'm always open for it. It's, it's easier for the heel to kind of lead the way. And then, you know, the baby face, you know, works off of that and, you know, maybe leaves their shine and, and throws in, of course, their two cents. I, I never, I never dictate the whole thing. I never, you know, not allow someone to speak up, but yeah, just building block, gaining confidence, getting to work with people. I defended against Tony Deppin, John Silver, uh, Ryan Clancy, who has become such an awesome, awesome wrestler. He's killing it up at wrestling open in Massachusetts every week. Uh, I got to work with Rag he a bunch of times, Bull a bunch of times. Yeah, just just a, a huge learning experience. I know that 800-plus day reign sounds like a lot, and, and about a year of it was spent under lockdown. But uh, there was plans. I don't know if it was going to be 896 days, but they, they were telling me before the shutdown that they were going to let me beat the record, which I which I was really honored about. So, yeah, that, that title, it, it, man, it's... I had it for that long and I always took care of it. I, you know, I never like, you know, tossed it anywhere. It was always usually on a table in my house or something. Uh, it's crazy to think that it was with me for, for that long because now that almost is a blur too, just with, with everything that's been going on post pandemic. Yeah. The fusion championships definitely become a highlight of the show is whether you go back to the program with Joey Conway and man bun, or, you know, just even go back to when Willow had it, it just feels like, it, it means something and it's, it's adjacent to probably like the IC title. And I think that's the feeling we're going for, right. Is mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's like a very prestigious just below, not even just, I wouldn't even say mid card. It's just below the world title. Yeah. It, it, Cause the fusion is, is to the interstate and the hi-fi two titles that were around in the early two thousands. They decided to combine um, back. I think it was 2010. They combined them. And yeah. So I know management, wants to look at it as not you know just a mid-card title but they, they want it to be obviously the mwc championship is the championship but they they want that fusion title up there we used to hold an event called fusion that revolved around fusion we've given the fusion title the main event before i think joey is killing it right now he has one of my favorite reigns uh he owns it well he he, he lost the belt now he lost the damn barrier i forgot he lost at circus but yeah. yeah so joey had i think my favorite reign besides my own out of everybody who's who I've been, I've been around to see since I started eight years ago. So you mentioned outside of NYWC, you've been featured quite consistently over at CZW and tag action on some of those limelight shows. Uh, what has that experience been like getting over there, getting to team with guys like Sal Savelli, Jaden Vallow, and as you mentioned, working babyface. Yes. Yeah, so I pretty much team with the guys from New York. Uh, that's kind of, CCW's management's plan, you know, we, we know each other and the realism to the story, they kind of book it as like, I'm like their, not their trainer, but kind of like their, the one they look up to and stuff like that. Um, I kind of dictate it and working baby face, you know, I, I keep to the character that I am. I'm still like the stubborn, you know, like, you know, like easily annoyed, cranky attitude that I have that, gets me over as a heel up, but they work off of it. Jaden works off of it. Sal works off of it. They try and make me laugh. They, they be silly and it sh- shows it, it gets to me. It's kind of almost like SpongeBob and Squidward. If I had to kind of <laughs> compare it to something, uh, and it, it's a lot of fun there. And it, it, you know, 
I would say as far as the Maryland shows that we do, we do Jersey and Maryland once a month. The Maryland shows, it's crazy. We're we're on going into Limelight sixteen now. I think I debuted on, on Limelight three and the crowd had maybe like thirty people in it and, and now we're selling out that theater and we're adding seating on the other side of the stage for the shows coming up. Um, it's grown immensely. Uh, last show, my my music hit and in instant pop. So that's how that's how you know at NYWC, my music hits. They start boom before I get through the curtain. At CZW, last time my music hit, they start cheering before I I was even out out, out of the ramp. So that's how you kind of know that. All right, whatever I'm doing is working here. So to see that and just get get through that is awesome um and czw has changed my fighting style too working down there with dj uh he he has influenced me to kind of get into that like more hard-hitting uh strong style s japanese wrestling i I was never big into japanese wrestling i've always been into british wrestling but i kind of would look here and there and and being good friends with Alex Coglin, who has gotten the train at the New Japan Dojo, who has now moved back to New York. Uh, I train with him regularly, and I've picked up a lot of different, you know, techniques from him, which has heavily influenced my style. So, yeah, CCW and Alex, I would say, have had huge influence on changing my style i have this new level of an in- of intensity that i kind of just dug out of me emotionally i would say like something something in late 2021 early 2022 just kind of like snapped in me and i i started picking up the intensity i don't know if it was just i was just unhappy with where i was and in wrestling or in life in general but uh i i felt it and then people reacted to it and i'm like i have to keep this i, I have to figure out whatever I have to do to dig down and, and find that inside of me. And it's getting easier and easier to find it. And it's to the point where it almost just comes out naturally now. Yeah. And I love it. And I love the SpongeBob and, and Squidward thing. I think it captures it perfectly. Anytime Sal puts an Instagram story up and he's, you're in the ring and you're all angry at it. It's, it's a great dynamic. And <laughs> uh, there's a lot of great young talent you're working with, not just when MYWC, but I'm sure over in CZW, but guys like Sal Savelli, Joey Conway, the slime ball, so many more. Uh, talk a little bit about what the future holds, I guess, for NYWC specifically, since you're having a hand in training those guys. There's great potential down there um, between me and Mondo. Uh, they're we're guiding the students. They're eager. Um, you know, most of them have good attendance. Tommy and Sage are the slime balls, man. They're they're. I don't know if you saw they they posted something not too long ago with all their dates for, for March and April. Yeah. And I think they're working for about six or seven different promotions, which is crazy. Cause I never had that many bookings at one time that early on. I don't even think I have that many now. I kind of just stick to NYWC, CCW, try and get on open once in a while. And anything that pops up that interests me, but I told them, yeah, go out there, get the reps in, you know, get as much in as you can now. And then once you get a little bigger, you can kind of pick and choose what, what's the better opportunity. But it's a great learning experience for them now. They have evolved so much from what they looked like day one as far as their gear and, and just their overall like mannerisms and stuff like that. Uh, they're still they're still new. They got a lot to learn, but I'm, I'm super, super proud of them. I'm super 
proud to show them off when we go places. I started taking them to CZW, and that's how they got on CZW. We took them to uh, this. They did a super camp, like standalone wrestling super camp, um, in Jersey back in December. And out of like a hundred plus wrestlers, they 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 stood out. They stood out. I know they stood out. This is how they got all their bookings. People were coming up to them and and shaking their hands, saying, "We want to book you." And and they were just getting more reactions than, than anybody else there, including myself. Um, so I'm super proud of them. We got the specialists who are the NYWC tag champs. Um, they're always down at training together um, with me on Tuesdays. That's the night I run it. Uh, they're always working tag matches. Their chemistry has gotten so much stronger as of recent. Um, we have just a bunch of students. A1G just debuted on shows. We have uh, Georgie Lavicia. Uh, who was with me for a little bit in the faction. I was kind of off on his own, doing his own thing. We have Amity Bates, which hasn't debuted yet. Uh, that's a woman's wrestler. I'm very excited to kind of see where she goes. She has a lot of passion for wrestling, and she's working her ass off to get in there as soon as she can. Um, and Keith O'Ringer, working with Papa Don now. Uh, got Dolly Darko in the women's division. We It's it just... So so much potential down there, and I always you know give my advice. I tell people you know you just got to be true to yourself. You know, to a certain extent, you kind of have to suck it up and deal with people, but don't let anybody step on you, man. Don't let anybody step on you. They say uh, wrestling owes you nothing, and I believe that. But sometimes the people in it owe you something, and you got to stick up for yourself. You got to stay strong, and don't let people walk over you. So speaking of advice and just thinking about wrestling as far as the bigger picture, is there something that is a commonly held belief that you hear all the time in pro wrestling, whether it be from people that from the past or the present that you just passionately disagree with? Is there like just a mindset that you want to just say that's absolutely wrong? Yeah. I mean, that, one of the big ones that, that bothers me is, is wrestling owes you nothing because I think it gives people an excuse. It gives like vets an excuse to be shitty and think like, Oh, they're new. They got to deal with it. Now, wrestling owes you nothing in the sense of like, you can, you can get in the car, you could drive somewhere. You might not get booked, you know? Um, you could have your tryout. That doesn't mean that you're getting picked. You could be in the business for 20 years and it, it doesn't mean that you're ever going to make it. But as a vet, it doesn't give you, uh, the, the right to, you know, be greedy, overuse someone for favors without reciprocating, um, kind of purposely put someone in, in a bad position just to kind of like see the reaction that they give and just kind of toy with them and manipulate them and such. So I would say that's, that's the big one that bothers me off the top. There's probably more off the top of my head that that really is the one though. For sure. And, uh, you know, honestly, that's a question that a lot of people have a hard time answering because I do ask it for a few people. That is probably the best answer I've gotten so far, uh, well, especially, on, especially on the fly, because uh, I'm sure you're going to be later tonight. Like, oh, I, I thought about that. I disagree with, too. But it's just there's a lot of notions in wrestling. And you could talk about even like the national stage. People feel like wrestling should be a certain way. And, you know, they use the the very cliche ice cream flavors, but it's true. Like wrestling is for everybody. And it's just a matter of finding what works with the fans. You mentioned the reaction at CZW when your music hits, clearly you're resonating with them in some capacity. Yeah. And it's funny. You should say like, there's no right or wrong way. Cause that kind of is like 
some gimmick stuff I put in there. Uh, professional wrestling the right way. I do professional wrestling the right way. But yeah, at the end of the day, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. I'm true to my style. It's the right way for me. I like working with other styles because I can kind of like, you know, work off of it if it's a high flyer or comedy wrestler and kind of mix it in and make it work. I have no problem doing intergender. Um, I think if you, if you do it the right way, it can come out perfectly. And, and usually when you call a match with somebody, uh, I've never really, I don't want to jinx it now, but I've never really run into an issue where like I couldn't, you know, at least like be like, hey, like, let's let's rethink your idea here and, and try and make a little more sense of it. Um, but yeah, everyone has their own style and I look at that style and see how I'm going to work with it. I look at a guy like Orange Cassidy. I would never want to do that. I really don't watch his stuff, but I would be pretty thrilled to wrestle him actually, because I would like to see what I could do with that and how I can make that work for myself. And you mentioned intergender wrestling. So I just, you know, thinking back GCW right now, the current champions, Masa Salamovich in a land of, you know, other men competing for the championship. And it seems like NYWC was at the head of that curve. Really. If you think about the intergender wrestling with the fusion championship, do you think that's the future of pro wrestling that we're going to see more intergender on a bigger stage, AEW, WWE potentially? I don't just because th there will always be that kind of culture as far as like, like how, how men should treat women in, in a sense of like violence. Like, if it's at an indie show, like you're, you're kind of choosing to go there. Um, if it's on, you know, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox 5, that's something that anyone could just kind of be channel surfing with their child. And then they see, you know, uh, a man beating up a woman. And I, I feel like that'll never kind of be like dictated as as socially acceptable, at least not in our lifetime. I, I, I really don't see that. And there's been exceptions, you know, Ellsworth wrestled Becky once, I think, and, and Rhea Ripley uh, wrestled Akira Tozawa, I think, a couple months ago on Raw. But if you look, there's, there's no strikes to that. Um, it's just kind of pure wrestling, and it's usually the woman hitting most of the moves and just kind of getting her over um, uh, and, and the guy enhancing just for, for what his role is. So I, I don't think that that is something we will ever see uh, on television, just in my opinion. No, interesting conversation for sure. And as we move towards different eras of wrestling, it's always curious to have that conversation with, because currently we're seeing some change, but I agree with you in that capacity. I think it's going to take a long, long time to see that significant change. But, you know, you mentioned Tony Nese. He really played a huge part of reviewing your match, especially during lockdown. And I'd imagine he's still a mentor of yours, but is there someone else that you lean on right now that you could text and say, Hey, I need some advice. I'm kind of stuck in the mud here. Uh, and who is that person? I don't know, man. Like I'll always kind of bounce ideas off, off the boys. Um, we all bounce ideas off each other uh, between Conway, Ragkey, Sal, Clancy. Those are like the guys I hit up and be like, hey, like I'm going to do this. And they'll do the same to me. They'll be like, what do you think of this move? What do you think of this idea for gear? Uh, as far as like, you know, like more experience, working with Mondo side by side is awesome. But I'll still pick his brain as if, you know, I'm one of the students. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't stress Nice enough how much he did for me. And I still have contact with Bull. I still have contact with Stockade. Uh, there's people at CZW who've been doing this longer than me that always have great input. 
Um, so it, it, I really don't have like that one person that I constantly harass and hit up. There's just people all around me and I'm always, I'm always opening, you know, I'm always open to listen. And, and, and that's, you know, back to uh, like what I don't like about wrestling a question. I just kind of reminded myself of something I was thinking the other day, like just because someone gives you advice, you don't have to take it. Listen, you know, be respectful, smile, say thank you, but you don't have to execute it, you know, because um, everyone's going to have a different opinion and they don't know what's good for you, especially moving on further and further in your career when you do know what works for you. And then someone comes up to you and they give they give you this advice um, and you and you just know, like, no, that's not me. That would never work for me. But, you know, you'd be respectful and, you know, to an extent, if, if they're the booker of a certain promotion, they're telling you telling you to do it a certain way, then you kind of got to meet them in the middle a little bit, m- maybe have a little bit more of a conversation. But uh, if it's just someone else in the locker room who's been around longer than you, kind of being like, you should do this, you should wear this, you should uh, you know, not do this. And then it's just like, all right, I appreciate your opinion, but I'm not going to listen, you know. Yeah, and you mentioned also before not being taken advantage of and sort of following your path. Is there any other advice you'd give to someone that's starting out as a pro wrestler that's, you know, say tomorrow heading to NYWC to train? Is there something you would tell them to make them a little bit more prepared than you were eight years ago? I mean, kind of just what I said, you know, like starting off, you got to suck it up a bit. You got to, you know, and, and this is not a bad thing at all. You know, do do ring crew, street team, promote, clean up after the shows. Definitely should do that. And even once you're on the shows, you should still be doing that. I'll still grab a broom once in a while because, you know, the sportorium is like a second home to me. And it's even getting to the point where, like, C- CZW is like a second locker room to me. Um, So, so those are the places that I, w- I want to, you know, respect. But, yeah, just don't don't let people, like, really, like, boss you around you know that's 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 not a vet that's not a leader that's just a schmuck but i don't see that a lot these days man i don't, I don't know what it is if, if the culture's changing or we've just scared them all away if they all got canceled or whatever <laughs> but uh nah it's it's both the ccw locker room and the nywc locker room are awesome nywc is the best it's ever been CCW, I don't know because I've only been there for a year, but a lot of people there who have been there say it's the best it's ever been. And I'm just so happy to be a part of both. So you still have, I mean, so much more to do in the business and so many more memories to make. But when you close that book somewhere down the line, decades from now, how do you want to be remembered in pro wrestling? Is it going to be your in-ring stuff? Is it going to be the legacy you leave behind with those of your training or a mix of both? I would say a mix of both. And it's funny you should say both of those things. I want I always like look at my students and it's just like, I look at where they can be. You know, I've, I've had conversations with Tommy and Sage of like, you know, just with their body types and their skill set, like wh- where I think they can be in the next year. Um, and uh, Zach Ramsey's who used to wrestle for MYWC, he's kind of taken his own path. Now he came in, he was put with me in 2019 as my bodyguard. He was somebody that, I helped get ready for his WWE tryout. Unfortunately, he, he was not picked, but um, I know there's still potential for him to get a second tryout. And I just, I look at those guys, I look at their drive and, and what they're doing. And I'm just like, man, like, I don't, I don't expect 
them to, you know, put my name in a book or anything if, if they make it. But I'd just be like, it'd be kind of cool to just like, I want to make it for sure. And I want to leave a legacy of my abilities and, and my character. But I would, I would love to just kind of be like, yeah, he, he trained him, you know? Yeah, it's fantastic. And you keep, you know, you mentioned the slime balls and I love those dudes. They've been on here. They did the podcast with me back before I knew them. And now, now having seen them and, and hung out with them, they're just the, the best. And I, I wish them all the, the most success. So uh, I love the, the, the kind words you're saying. I, I truly believe they have something special with the dynamic they have. They absolutely do. Um, I told them, like, you know, right now, visually, they don't have, like, the bodies for TV. But I think a place like GCW would absolutely love them. I think they have the potential to, to move up the ladder in CZW as time goes on. Um, and just any, like, those big, they really scream, like, you know, big kind of, I don't want to say like outlaw mud show S, but GCW always kind of goes for that, that, that like risky edgy feeling. They fit that very well. And they, they have the abilities, you know, they clean up their movesets. They, they come to training and they'll do a tag match and I'll be like, you got to fix this. You got to clean this up. And they, they instantly clean it up. They, they change it up and, and they fix it. And they're, they're getting those reps in with how much they've been working recently at all these different promotions um and they have they have pretty good attitudes and i think as long as they stick with it and i think they can only mature here you know they're both young i think tommy's 22 and sage is 19 so they still have a lot of life lessons to learn that they're kind of just learning on the road and uh, you know i'll give them a little guidance on that but life you know you just kind of learn from you know not just wrestling the people around you you know work and, and family and stuff like that so He's kind of kind of go with it, go with the flow, but don't get too accustomed to the flow. You got to kind of jump out there and, and, and you know, take initiative once in a while. But I think the two of them, I always kind of reassure them that like, you know, you got to maybe do this, maybe do this. But overall, I think they're on the, the right track. So as we look towards bigger picture of wrestling and if you had your way, if someone gave you and gifted you a hundred million dollars to spend to improve wrestling for the better, no red tape holding you back. You're able to do what you want. How would you spend it? Is it starting your own promotion or is it something different? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably start my own or I would, I, but I would want to work with like NYWC or, or CZW. Um, whether the name sticks or not really depends. Maybe I would start my own and I would throw NYWC like, you know, X amount of the dollars so that they, they could kind of grow too. I, I would have my eye on, you know, specific talent i i know exactly how i would want to book it uh as far as that goes so yeah and i've, I've always had that in the back of my mind i always thought about it I, I like booking promoting stuff like that i've i've helped like i said i kind of influenced uh the cup you know moving from the pandemic and coming on to the to the events that we do every year in front of the crowds and i've had my two cents management you know uh they come to me sometimes with you know, they're like, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I'll throw my two cents and they've taken some of my ideas. And I think it's just because I, I'm a trainer and, you know, I know what's best for a lot of the, the people that I'm working with. And I've proven to the locker room that I'm not biased. Uh, I don't really play favorites and I'm willing to give everybody a chance and, and help them work within their strengths and weaknesses. 
And part of this show is talking about future stars and wrestling seems to have more young talent than ever. We mentioned a lot of them during the show, but I'll give you this platform to mention three other wrestlers you'd recommend for people to look out to break out in 2023 and feel free to go past three, but this is the platform to do that, to give a little shout out to them. All right. Well, we got, I mean, this, we talked about the slime balls. Should, everyone should take a look at them. Joey Conway, Sal Savelli, all, all these people we've had on the show. Ryan Clancy is one of my best friends. So good. Uh, if you don't know who Alex Coughlin is, you should. And Christian Nunez, I'm very excited to work with him. Uh, CZW's got a lot of a lot of good guys. Griffin McCoy, Aaron Ash, Vinny Talata. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I could go on, but, you know, I've, I've developed some good relationships. Those are people that I enjoy working with. And uh, I think just NYWC and CCW in general are products you should give a chance. I know CCW is going to start live streaming, I think, starting with Best of the Best. It's something we've been talking about. We just There hasn't been the funds or the right people to do it, but I think it's finally going to happen. Uh, Premier Streaming Network or, or whatever they decide to do. Uh, so yeah, just those promotions, check them out and you can decide for yourself what you like. So before we, uh, we move on and uh, say goodbye, there's some lightning questions that these are completely out of the box and just give me your impulsive answer to them. You don't have to, you can elaborate if you want, but uh, I'm going to start with, if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead, who would it be famous or not famous? Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I hate this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, I've always wanted to meet Axel, Curtis Axel, just just because I, I wanted to pick his brain about how he how he feels. Because he, he obviously very clearly, if you look at his moveset, pretty much based it off of his dad and modernized it, which is what I was preaching before. Mm-hmm. So I just kinda wanna get his views on, you know, how he thinks his career went compared to his dad and uh kind of just like the, if there was pressure on him and stuff like that. If you could be present at any historical event and be, you could be invisible so no one knows you're there, what would it be? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> maybe, like, I have to think of, like, a, a certain, like, big WrestleMania or something where I could just be ringside. Like I don't really AJ, have, Hogan, like, Andre? A- no, I, I don't go that far back. I've seen it, but like, you know, I wasn't alive. It doesn't, I know he, he picked him up, he body slammed him and everything it was a big deal. But I'm, I'm more into stuff that happened in my lifetime that, you know, I watched on television. It kind of gave me the chills and it got me into it that I'd be like, I want to see that in person. Can't really pinpoint something. But. All right. No worries. What's something you used to think one way about and I've since completely changed your mind, wrestling or otherwise? I would say just, yeah, it would definitely be re- wrestling related. Maybe just the style of uh, strong style. At first, I was like, they're just beating the crap out of each other, unsafe, no reason. But I've kind of dug a little more into it, realized that there's a right way to do it. Um, and I've kind of used it into my own moveset. A lot of it, you know, you can just, if you, once you get really good, you know, at first it's a little rough, but once you get really good, you can do it safely and it can look like a million bucks and, and absolutely killer. And it is, you'll feel it. it. It's it's not soft. It's not ballet, but um, 
there's there's there is a there is a right way to do stuff and there is a wrong way to do stuff. And another thing I don't like about wrestling that they say there is no right or wrong way. There there's there's some wrong ways. And if they, if it's unsafe, it's wrong. True. But dude, thank you so much for joining me. And before I let you go, I'll give you the, another platform to give me a few things people should expect from Michael Mistretta the rest of 2023 and going on throughout the next couple of years. What do you want it to, people to be looking out for on your end? All right. So this is I'm going to talk a little bit here obviously we have master of the mat coming up uh april 29th deer park long island the mywc sportorium myself christian nunez tracy williams and alex coglin 30 minutes uh fatal four-way iron man rules um i i don't want to hype it up too much but I, i've really been looking forward to this i don't want to jinx it i've been having like the fear of like oh, somebody getting hurt i know tracy and alex actually uh, the day we are recording this, they just had a match for New Japan together. It, I saw some clips. It looks awesome. Uh, hopefully, both are okay. I don't want anybody getting hurt. I want I want it, those four people. Um, I don't want any, anybody getting subbed out last minute. Uh, just I look at that field, and it really means a lot to me. Um, CZW, we got uh, best of the best coming up. It's kind of kind of be a reset. I don't really know what's happening after that, but. Uh, there's just a bunch of cool guys on that roster that I've gotten to work with a majority of them. So we'll see where it goes. As far as other stuff, uh, I can't really talk too much about it. I was hoping I would have more answers before this podcast, but expect me to get some uh, international experience this year. I believe within the next few months, it looks very, very, very promising, almost definite that I will be, uh, doing a couple of different events in Europe in, awesome. in the summertime. Uh, so that's going to kind of put a pause on what's going on here. But as I was saying before, I want to kind of change it up. I want to do a little something different. Uh, I think that's going to kind of be like the, the cut point so that when, when I come back, I could kind of be a little different, uh, experiment a little bit. And then if it, if I don't like it, I'll just go back to what I was doing, you know? That's an awesome opportunity. And uh, obviously you're welcome to come back on here and chat with me when you have more details to give out and, uh, and share whatever you want. I'll put it on my Instagram, Instagram page. And, I, and you guys can also follow Michael Mastretta at nobody's better. I can also put that in the description so you guys can follow and make sure you guys see everything that Michael Mastretta is doing. You do not want to miss anything, whether it be MYWC, CZW or, or otherwise, make sure you check him out. Thank you, man. I I really enjoyed this. I'm sorry about like the camera and everything. If we ever do it again, I'm gonna get like a nice setup. I'll, I'll prepare a little more ahead of time. Um, but yeah, man. Like I said, like uh, as a compliment to you, man. This was this was awesome the way you set this up. I'm I'm not big into podcasts. It's a lot of marks just kind of coming out here unprofessionally, just kind of mumbling and stuff. You know, constantly sliding into like my DMs and harassing me like with with no ends. Um, but this was the one that everyone kind of pushed. It was like, hey, like he's really good. He's professional. He knows his stuff. So uh, thank you, man. I, I really enjoyed my time here. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I you know, want to put respect to your name. You are you know, someone I look up to and I love, enjoy, I love watching uh, in the ring. So someone I was looking forward to talking to. And I appreciate you, you know, giving me an hour of your time. Thank you. All right, well, guys, this has been Visits the Tavern. You guys can check out everything else, turnbuckletavern.com. Follow me at Eastfield Retro. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later.